when we talk about division that caused by the devil, it is actually one of the tactics that the devil is using all the time among Christian people and those who are involved in ministry. And uh, I remember that when the government in the Middle East uh, uh, enforced wearing masks and uh, using alcohol or to disinfect hands and objects that we touch all the time, some people received this decision uh, and they combined with it and they followed the instructions. And some other people, they said, it is useless, it doesn't do anything and we will not follow the instructions. Add to that, that in the Middle East, if you disobey the government, and if you disobey the law, you are the cool guy. So that was a big problem we're facing here in this part of the world. So made a division, some people agreed with the government, some people disagreed with the government. So when it come to call out for a prayer meeting or a business meeting for the ministry, some people, they want to come and the other people, they refuse to come because we do have two different points of views. So what can we do? We put the ministry on pause and we start to pray and we said, we really need to understand the background of every point of view and we need to work to make them agree to a win-to-win situation. And in order to do that, we went to our constitution, we went back to the Bible and uh, we read 1 Corinthians 8.13 when Paul said, therefore, If what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. So that was really a good attitude. And uh, we start to discuss this Paul's point of view. And we ask our questions, these questions. We ask ourselves these questions. How can we serve one another? How can we love one another in a practical way? How can we care for one another? And how can we serve one another? And what if Jesus among us in this situation, how Jesus would act in such a situation? that made a huge difference in the mentality of every party in the team. And it took really a humility to to, to humble all leaders from each party to come and agree to the point of what can we do to move forward and to serve one another. We came to agreement. Everybody will wear a mask during the meeting. Everybody will wash hands, use disinfection. During the meeting, we will not hug each other. We will not shake the hands of each other to make those who are concerned about receiving COVID-19 will be relaxed and the other people 
kind of accepted this and we start to go back to the ministry. We start to meet again and the Lord blessed us in a wonderful way. Do you know that in Egypt, the Lord blessed us by church planting movement started with 15 house churches and another three house churches in Sudan during COVID-19. We couldn't believe that could happen during the pandemic time. But we praise the Lord. The Lord, the, our God is a faithful God and use that division to give birth to a great blessing among our team members and our ministry. Thank you very much. And may God bless you. Enjoy your retreat. Privileged to join together uh, with brethren in unity, Lord God. And Father, your word tells us that um, you command blessings when there's unity. So God, we just thank you for this weekend. And Holy Spirit, we yield to you, arrest our hearts and minds to hear from the word of God um, at this particular time as it relates to unity um, in the body. So Father, again, we just grateful, we're just grateful and thankful. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, brothers, good being here, good being here. Again, Stuart Perryman, um, first and foremost, let me just say thank you. Thank you, Steve, and to the Wayside team and you brothers for allowing me to come back and share with you all at this year's retreat, um, men's retreat. I did share a couple of years ago. Well, it's been maybe about at least seven years ago. Um, I have some history with Wayside um, Chapel and, and former church of Maranatha Bible Church. I'm the former youth pastor. Um, at the church and executive pastor at Maranatha um, under Dr. Randall Draper. And so uh, we planted a church, Agape Christian Church, seven years, going on seven years ago. And so the Lord has been very, very faithful. And so I remember doing the men's retreat years ago with Wayside. Um, and Icky, Icky um, Soma, a good friend of mine, dear brother of mine, he's in Houston now. And I remember at that retreat, um, we were out at the campfire. Some of y'all may remember this, but at the campfire, Icky introduced me. He introduced me and he says, I want to int- introduce you all to my boy, Stuart, right? And it got really quiet. There were some strange looks at that time because a lot of the guys were like, you can't call him that. You can't say that, but that's the type of relationship that Icky and I have. And so for some people, that may have been a little offensive, but that's the relationship that Icky and I have. And we actually, honestly, honestly, many of the guys that I grew up with, that's how we communicate. That's my boy right there. That's my boy right there. And so many people were a little shocked at that time. And so Icky kind of cleared the air. Um, my tactic, my tactic that, um, that I want to talk about is division. That's the, the, the area that um, I've been asked to address division um, within the body of Christ or what have you. And so we've heard 2020, um, things that happened in 2020 that had um, caused division and potential to cause division. We heard, you know, we talk about the pandemic and we, we you know, we, we understand that, that it has caused great division great division however praise be god that we've been able to overcome that and god has blessed us with technology and and other things that still um come together we talked about the politics um even heard you allude to the politics but you know no one has mentioned anything about george floyd and that entire ordeal and then i thought about it i said well Stuart, you're really the only black guy that's up to preach so maybe maybe there's something to this thing i don't know but anyway, that's just a joke, just joke. But, but to be honest with you all, 
I have a passion. I have a, a strong passion for unity in the body of Christ. Um, being from San Antonio, Texas, I grew up in San Antonio. I'm from the east side of San Antonio. Um, mother, single parent home, um, what have you. And so my mother made sure that I went to church and instilled godly values in me at an early age. Of course, I rebel like a lot of other folks rebel, but the grace of God kept me and the grace of God um, and the mercy of God kept me and then reeled me back in. And so I'm grateful, very, very grateful. There's those songs of worship and adoration are going up. Again, I'm just so thankful because I really know what I deserve. I know what I really deserve. But anyway, my mom, my mother raised me in the church. And, and, and being from San Antonio, I see a move of God right now like never before where God is literally calling his church to unity, to unity, to the, to the capital C church. There's only one church, and it's, and it's under the banner of Jesus Christ. He's, he's, there's one Lord, one faith. One baptism. And so there's only one church. And what I see God doing in our city, I am super excited, elated to, to see God move in the hearts of his people. But we understand the enemy, he hates it. He hates unity. And Satan will fight us because of the unity that God is calling us to get ready for a battle. And I believe unity is so important especially right now. And we witnessed all of that stuff last year. We, we saw all of those things that happened during that season of that whole George Floyd thing and how, how the church, how the church became divided, became divided. We, we, we talked about politics. We talked about the pandemic, but the church became divided during that time. And, I, and I'm serving notice on you brothers today. Listen, listen, we are really just getting started. And it is critically important that we maintain unity and not be divided and not be divided. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 22, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and any city or house divided against itself cannot stand, cannot stand. We cannot fulfill our mission if we're not on one accord. If we're not operating in unity, in unity. And here's another reason why it's critically important that we come together and not be divided because there's a, fa a false sense of unity that's taking place. We all know that Satan is a counter. He's a counterfeit. And what he is literally doing right now, he's bringing people together under the umbrella of let's heal our land. Let's come together. Let's, let's unify. Let's come together. And it's false because it does not have a kingdom agenda. It does not have a kingdom agenda. And so people of God, we need to, be, we need to pay attention to the times that we're in. As Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, know the times. Know the times and what you are to be doing during the times, and I believe with everything in me, we have to be operating in unity and not be divided. Now, I need to say this. I need to say this. The way I grew up and the culture that I grew up in, if no one said amen, the preacher some way, somehow went long over his allotted time. Amen. <laughs> amen. Appreciate that, brothers. So, so my my. My assignment, my assignment is to deal with this issue of division. And the teaching point is living in unity requires humility. Living in unity requires humility. And the passage that we have is Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we want to look at that passage. 
and allow God to just speak to our hearts. My apologies again. I will have to leave immediately following this because I have a family event. So please forgive me as, as I have to exit right after. Um, but again, thank you so much for this blessed privilege. But, but I want to say a few things about living in unity and how it requires humility. Number one, first thing that I want to say is that unity, it must be pursued regardless of circumstances or conditions. Unity must be pursued regardless of circumstances or conditions. Must be pursued regardless circumstances or conditions. Paul, who wrote this letter to the church at Philippi, is in prison. He is in prison. However, although he is in prison for simply preaching the gospel, just preaching the gospel, he's in prison. And yet, in spite of his circumstances, in spite of his condition, he is still advocating and promoting unity within the body, within the body. And how often, how often do we, because of our circumstances, because of our conditions, we begin to become divided when things change or when things shift. You know, I I have the blessed privilege of doing a lot of football devotionals for a lot of the high schools in the city. God opened up a door to do it at UTSA, Coach Trailer. Great, great coach, um, loves the Lord. I mean, Coach Trailer, I really appreciate this guy. He puts it straight out. Listen, you guys need to know Jesus. He tells the entire team that. He gave the entire senior class Bibles, you know, and so that kind of coach, I'll, I'll come behind that kind of coach. But I have the blessed privilege of, of spending time in locker rooms. And many of you guys that have been in sports, or it doesn't even have to be sports. It can be on the job where there's team, um, team um, work that, that needs to be accomplished on the job. But we all recognize that, listen, as long as things are going well, when we are winning, when we are ahead, seems like unity just runs so smooth. It's without any issues. But the moment the score changes or the moment we get behind, the moment we begin to lose, the moment things begin to not go our way, all of a sudden unity begins to escape us, to escape us. And I've been in many locker rooms where the teams are doing great. Then they fall behind and then we go in at halftime and I mean chaos, chaos at each other at each other and the game is lost at that point i've witnessed it many times the game is lost at that point because they're not operating in unity not operating in unity and you begin to think about how things shift in our lives You, you think about how even in politics even in politics right you think about politics on one and we have one candidate in office everybody's celebrating then all of a sudden there's a change and there's a shift and now Attitudes change. Relationships begin to change because of the conditions. But listen, the body of Christ, we have to maintain unity regardless of the condition, regardless of the circumstances. We have to understand that. And and now is not the time for us to be divided. It's just not time. It is just not time for the body of Christ to be divided. And I'm telling you all, The conditions are going to get worse. If you're reading your Bible, if you're reading your Bible, the Bible tells us that we are headed for a seven-year tribulation period. We're headed in that direction. And it's the reality of what, what is to come. But if anyone ought to stick together, it has to be us. Amen. 
I don't care how I don't care how tough it gets, how difficult it gets. The body of Christ cannot be divided. We have to stick together regardless of the conditions, regardless of our circumstances. Amen, brethren. Number two, number two, pursuing unity requires critical contemplation. Pursuing unity requires critical contemplation. Pursuing unity requires critical contemplation. What do you mean by that? Look at the text. Look at verse 1. Paul says, listen, while from prison, he's saying, look, if therefore there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, listen, stop and just stop and think about all that you have received by being in Christ. Think about everything that comes with being saved. Think about what, think about that. He says, if, there, if there's any encouragement in Christ, right? Encouragement in Christ. And then fellowship of the spirit, comfort, all of these things we have embraced. We have embraced these things by way of salvation. And he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the saints at Philippi, at Philippi. And so what you and I have to do What we have to do in order to maintain unity, in order to pursue unity, we've got to stop and begin to really think about what we deserve versus what we have and what's been given to us. Because most times when we're not getting along, it's because we're taking for granted what we've been given. What we've been given by by the grace of God, by the grace and mercy of God, we have salvation and when we, when we fail to get along with each other, we, we begin to separate ourselves or even elevate ourselves. We've forgotten what's been given to us. And what Paul is saying, he, it really means since, since, since you have been encouraged through Christ and, 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 and felt the consolation of love and fellowship of the spirit and affection and all of these things that we receive by way of salvation, he says, since you have that. Since you have that, it's, it, he's, he's already letting us know that we've received something that we really don't deserve. And if we can maintain that mindset, we wouldn't treat each other the way we do. We wouldn't, we wouldn't elevate ourselves over anyone else. We understand what's been given to us. And so that's critical contemplation. Stop and think about that. What's been given to you, given to me. We, we don't deserve any of it. Any of it. And really, this is, this is Ephesians um, chapters 1 through 3. Really, this is Ephesians 1 through 3, which gives us all of our spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 through 3 tells us all of our spiritual blessings, that which we have in Christ Jesus. Y'all, that's a blessing to know that God would save us, not, not based on anything we've done, simply because of his grace. Simply because of his grace. And we don't have to get caught up in all of this other stuff. All of this other stuff. Listen, I'm a child of God. I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I am who I am, but by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. This, is, this, is, this is what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. He says, for I am the least of the apostles who am not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But... By the grace of God, I am 
has to be our mindset. That, that will allow us to get along because no one can boast. No one can elevate themselves. No one can brag on who they are or their accomplishment. We are all sinners saved by the grace of God. All sinners saved by the grace of God. But we need to think about that. We need to have that at the forefront of our thoughts in order for us to maintain unity. To maintain unity. Thirdly, pursuing unity requires commitment. Pursuing unity, it requires commitment. It requires commitment. Commitment. Paul said that. Listen, he says, since since you've been given this, this gift of salvation and everything that goes with salvation, since you have all of those things, he says, make my joy complete. Make, fulfill my joy. Fulfill my joy by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. There's, that's commitment. That is commitment. We have to be determined and committed to, to fulfill, fulfill who God is calling us to be. He says, fulfill my joy. Fulfill my joy. Listen, don't stop now. Don't stop now. No, 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 no. Make my joy complete. It's just, it's just like the coaches. I, I, I speak with a lot of the coaches um, on the high school level. And, you know, they're, they're constantly coaching. They do all the training. They, they do all the weightlifting. They, they go through all of those things. They get, the, they get the team prepared. They get them prepared. And then we'll start off and we're doing great. And eventually, at some point in time, we begin to waver. Things begin to go awry and begin to have issues. And then the coaches have to come back and give a pep talk. Come back and give a pep talk. And what Paul is saying, listen, listen, you've been blessed with so much. You have so much to offer. Don't stop now. So what he's saying, look at somebody say, don't stop now. Come on, look at another brother say, don't stop now. No, no, no. He says, make my joy complete complete we have to be committed to this we have to be committed to this paul in chapter four there were two women at each other they were not living in harmony not in harmony ephesians um, um chapter four philippians 4 2 yodia and syntyche he says listen listen urge them this is what he says urge them to live in harmony to live in harmony and that's a challenge for us that is a challenge for us, that we ought to urge each other. We're committed to this thing to live in harmony. I'm not going to allow you to separate yourself from me. And, and, and this is the joy. Here, here, here it is. I need to tell you all this, and we need to have the same mindset. Listen, there is nothing you can do that will cause me to separate myself from you or stop loving you. Nothing. There is nothing that you can do to me that will cause me to stop loving you or separate myself from you. We have to have that kind of commitment. We have to have that kind of commitment. Can I be honest with you? People who really don't know the Lord, they have that type of commitment. And a lot of times it's under false, um, false religion. False re they have that type of commitment for a lie. And we have the truth. We have the gospel, the glorious gospel that liberates, that sets captive souls free. We have that, and we need to be committed to this cause of unity. 
It is so important that we're committed to this, committed to this. Um, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Look, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, urge one another on, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There it is again. The closer we get to the return of Christ, you know what that means? We got to get tighter. We have to get tighter. We, we, we have to really come together. And again, as the heat intensifies, as the heat intensifies, the closer together we have to get. Again, in that movie, The Gladiators, that's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Um, when those men, they were outnumbered. And they put them in that arena. And they, were, they didn't have the weaponry. They didn't have any of those things. But what they did, um, Russell Crowe, in that movie, he says something that was so profound and so powerful. He says, come together. Some of y'all saw that movie. And you know what happened? They rallied together, back to back, shoulder to shoulder, and they overcame. They won the victory. But if anyone was all by themselves, they were picked off, picked off. And that's how important it is. And that's why we have to be committed to this thing. We have to come together. We've got to come together, not be divided. And we have to be committed to this. We have to be committed to this. And we'll overcome. We're going, we are going to need each other. We are going to need each other because of what's coming. And I need to know, I'm a former military guy. Some of you guys are former military guys. Ooh. Ooh. Former military guys. And so battle buddies are important. I need to know that you are going to perform in combat. I need to know that. I need to know that I, I, I have my six. I need to know. Now, now if, if I don't need anyone around me that's shaky. <laughs> Amen. And so it's important. It's important that we are committed to this, y'all. Brothers, we have to be committed. I need to know that you have my back. Period. Period. I have your back. You're my brother. All that other stuff goes out the window. You are my brother. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. He says, let's, let's not neglect meeting together as some people do. Others will begin to fall away. There will be a falling away. And I'm at a point, I'm at a point now in my journey, in my walk with the Lord, everyone who says they are church, I don't know if they're church. I don't know if they're part of the called out ones. I don't know. But I do know this. Lines are being drawn. Lines are being drawn, and either you are or you're not. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. The lines are being drawn right now, brethren, and we have to stand together in unity, in unity. This last point of mine, I'm going I'm to spend a little time there. But here's the fourth thing. Pursuing unity, pursuing unity must be Christ-centered. Pursuing unity must be christ Center must be Christ-centered. Paul starts off, starts off in verse 3, do nothing from selfishness, um, empty conceit of vainglory, but with humility of mind, let each of you 
regard, esteem one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests or look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Then he goes on to say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Listen, pursuing, hum- pursuing humility, it has to be centered, has to be Christ centered. And Christ centered means it's not about us. Christ left glory. He left glory in order to come down here to rescue us from our sins. Right. And, and that's what the scripture goes on to say. He, he, he gave up all of that and took on the form of a servant took on the form of a servant and, and, and died for you and I so that we would not have to go to that cross. And Mark 10, 43, 45 says, but it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Has to be Christ centered has to be Christ-centered. And so what we do in order to maintain unity, move selfishness out of the way. That is the quickest way to division is when we begin to puff ourselves up in pride, elevate ourselves above who we really, who our resume sometimes even say we are. Many times we'll put stuff on our resume. And someone told me a long time ago, don't believe your resume. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get the reading saying, are they really talking about me? But don't, but, but don't, no, no, we can't. It has to be other-centered. Romans 12, 3, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to. Christ-centered. 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 And that's important. Romans 12, 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honor, honoring each other. In other words, learn to play second fiddle. I don't have to be in the first chair. I don't always have to be out front. Listen, listen, throw that away. That's not Christ-centered. And when we become, where, where do wars start from? Do they not start from within is what James says, right? When we want our own way, we want what we want, when we want it. And, and eventually what that does is it creates division. It creates war. It creates problems. And we've got to throw that out the window. But I really, really want to lock in on this Christ-centeredness because, again, lines are being drawn. And this part is really near and dear to my heart is identification. That's a key word. Identification. Identification. Unity, true unity, according to what the Scripture is teaching us, has to be Christ-centered. And many times we have division because we lose our identity or we forfeit our identity. We'll forfeit our identity many times. And that's where, that's where the problems come. That's why the problems come. And this false sense of unity, this false sense of unity, we cannot have unity apart from Christ. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, there will not be real unity. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. And the moment, the moment I relinquish my identity in my race, my color, whatever, if in my denomination, my fraternity, 
my politics. The moment I say I am a, then all I do is alienate myself and even forfeit who I really am in Christ. And that's where division comes from. Unity is centered on Jesus Christ alone. That's it. And what's so important about this, brothers, is the gospel. Is the gospel. That's what's really at stake. When we're not operating in unity, you know what happens? The gospel doesn't go forth. Because they're watching the church. Jesus said himself, by this will all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. What picture are we giving out? What are we portraying as the church? And when we embrace other titles, mm, when we embrace other titles, then now we don't know who's who. We have to remain identifiable. I need to know who you are. And, And when you tell me that I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, or I'm Baptist, or I'm Pentecostal, or I'm Church of Christ, or I'm Alpha, or I'm Omega, or whatever. You go on and on and on and on. I'm black, and I'm white, I'm Hispanic, I'm all of that. Wait a minute. I can't really tell then who you are by that. Are you a follower of Jesus? That's what I need to know. That's what matters. That's where we come together when we know who we are in him. We can't embrace anything else. Can't embrace anything else. John 17, 21, 23, Jesus prayed. He says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them. I love this. Look, I have given them the glory you gave me. And when we embrace other labels, other titles, we're giving up the glory that's been given to us. He says, I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity. Here it is that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The gospel is at stake. The gospel is at stake. That's why we have to be operating in unity and there can be no division so that the world will know. A couple more verses and I'm I'm done. Colossians 3.11. In this new life, in this new life in Christ, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Lives in all of us. In this last passage, Revelation 5, Revelation 5, 9 and 10, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God Listen at this, by your blood, out of, out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and have made us kings and priests 
to our God and we shall reign on the earth. He's called us from every nation, tribe, tongue, from, out of. We have a new identity now and it's in Christ. And that's where we will operate together in unity, in unity. When there's division, we're going to fail. We cannot fulfill our mission divided. A house divided cannot stand, cannot stand. The gospel is at stake. The gospel is at stake. That's our only agenda is the good news of Jesus Christ. If Jesus wanted to overthrow the government, he would have. If he wanted to, he would have. And again, we, we had this in our small group discussion. I, I'm, I could care less about all of that stuff. I really could. We have one agenda. Preach Jesus Christ, him crucified, buried, resurrected, and coming back again. It's our only mission. And that's where we have to stick together and move forward to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you again for this blessed privilege of spending this time with these brothers. Speaking to our hearts, Lord God. Dealing with these issues and tactics of the enemy. Father, thank you that we're not fighting for victory. We fight from victory. Lord, help us to continue to operate in unity. That the world will know there is a Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. Thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys, man.